Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summero and subscribe to StacySummero.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I'm thrilled you're on the journey with me. Welcome. I'm so glad that you are here with me for coffee. The other day, my husband and my little brother, Dan, who's 11, were playing a game where they were throwing a ball against the wall. And my husband said to Dan, okay, I want you to not just throw it against the one wall, but I want you to bounce it off the wall behind it as well. And instantly my brother's whole focus changed. He started throwing higher, his gaze went up, his arm was throwing harder, he was throwing faster and with more precision. And this is a lesson for me in 2020, is to raise my gaze higher. Too often in the past, I have been guilty not of setting my sights too high, but not high enough. And this year, I'm, I think I'm finally learning the lesson that in order for God to accomplish greatness, whatever it is that He wants for me, I have to ask Him for those big, wild dreams, those big plans that I have. And if He doesn't give those to me, He's going to give me something better. And I just encourage you to do the same. Don't lose hope. Just set your gaze high and you will automatically start striving harder. A friend texted me from Isaiah 43, 19. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Our God can work miracles for us, and we should just own that. We should just let Him work those miracles for us. For me, I have a whole slew of things coming down the pike. Please pray for my 10 speaking engagements coming up in the next couple of months. I'm really, really excited for all of them. Just had my first one in Indiana to a group of young adults. I got to speak to them about discernment, about surrendering their lives to God, and what an amazingly blessed time it was. I have also been just keeping track of everything in this fantastic planner that I got from the Catholic Mother's Apostolate. Unfortunately, their 2020 planners are sold out. I got one of the very last ones. But if you want to look them up at Catholic Mothers on social media, they have an incredible apostolate. I encourage you all to donate. They're doing wonderful work for Catholic Mothers hosting conferences. Awesome. Oh, and before I forget, yes, my dad, you guys have been asking about my dad. He is doing so much better. Um, For those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, my dad has lymphoma, which is cancer of the lymph system. And it was stage three when they caught it. It was an agonizing process of getting it diagnosed and then finally getting on the right treatment. But his chemotherapy is now going very well. He is through three of the six rounds of treatment, and now my prayer is just that all the cancer is gone in March. Just please pray with me that there's nothing left, that it's all taken care of. Um, And I'm just so impressed by his forthrightness, his steadfastness, and his faith through all of this. Um, It's it's been such a scary time for him, and watching him handle it with grace and uh, faith has been so inspiring to me. Awesome. I can't go any farther without thanking Lauren Kaminsky and Katie Race. You guys just join me as my caffeinated champions on Patreon. And I am so happy to have you as part of the community. In case you don't know about Patreon, it is a way for creatives to create sustainable income. 
you have a community of like-minded people where we have video chats every month. I am releasing self-guided retreats. The first one drops at the end of this month and it's called the Beloved and Worthy Challenge. You'll be able to purchase it on my website, but also you will get it for free if you are a member of my Patreon community. So we're gonna do that together and then we're gonna have a video chat about it. You also get exclusive access to my other podcast called Coffee Sips, which releases every other week. It's a real community for you. It's only a $5 or $10 per month buy-in for all of these enormous perks. So I hope you'll discern joining me. You can visit patreon.com slash called and caffeinated to learn more. Before we dive into the episode, I have to tell you about some beauty that is happening over at Delfina Rose Art, today's episode sponsor. Artist Rebecca Gajinska creates original Catholic art in this beautiful watercolor style. I just love her detailed coloring pages, particularly the Marian Collection coloring books and the Monsters and Martyrs collection, which is great for little boys. Delfina Rose Art also features these breathtaking prints that Rebecca has done in vibrant color. Most of it is inspired by the old masters and even some by J.R.R. Tolkien. So if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, you have to go check out her website. Rebecca is American, but she lives in Poland with her Polish husband and her four little children, including triplet boys. Oh my goodness. Amazing. She's my hero. Check out DelfinaRoseArt.com, spelled D-E-L-P-H-I-N-A, R-O-S-E-A-R-T, all one word. And I'm thrilled to share with you, my listeners, that you will score 10% off your first order by using the code CALLED at checkout. Today's episode is also sponsored by the Serving the Aged Lovingly Today mission program, abbreviated as SALT. If you're a single young woman ages 18 through 40, or if you know any, I'm asking you to consider joining SALT for a week of service to the elderly alongside the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. I built this program with the Carmelite Sisters, and I believe 100% in its ability to help you discern your callings. This year, we're hosting two programs. One is in Columbus, Ohio, and the other is in Dublin, Ireland. You'll be happy to know that SALT is completely free of charge. It costs you nothing except your travel expenses. So this is an incredible opportunity to gain the immeasurable satisfaction of serving others while also discerning your vocation or another life choice. I have seen lives changed and hearts moved during SALT, and I want every available young woman to experience the joy that comes from building relationships with the incredible people that we are privileged to serve at SALT. Visit carmelitesisters.com slash salt dash program for more information and to apply or click on the link in the show notes. All right, you guys, she's here. Sister Bethany Madonna, the rock star vocations director for the Sisters of Life. My friends and I, whenever we hear the words Sisters of Life, we're like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. And they are. Are. This order has got it going on. I was at the National Catholic Youth Conference and was very privileged to speak there and have a booth. And the Sisters of Life were two booths down from me. And I loved seeing them just get mobbed by scores and scores of these young women so attracted to their life and to their charism. We're going to talk about surrender, one of the very most important things that we have to do in our walk with God, and especially when we discern. Sister Bethany is such a beautiful living testament of that surrender in her own life. And I know you'll be inspired by her. When we were done recording the episode, we stood up. We were at my booth sitting and recording, so you'll hear some background noise. My apologies for that. Um, And she looked out at this huge crowd that was gathered around my booth, and she was like, oh, people are loving the t-shirts that you're selling. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Thank you. And I gave her a hug, and she walked away, and the whole crowd followed her to her booth. And that was one of those humbling moments when you realize you just can't compete with the Sisters of Life. Um, So without further ado, here is the very beautiful Sister Bethany Madonna. 
sister, Bethany Madonna. What a pleasure to sit down with you in person at NCYC and have coffee with you. Thank, Thank you for joining. Thank you. I'm grateful for the invitation. Thank you. Yes. And I love how um, we were trying to find you and find your, your coffee order. And <laughs> my sweet booth assistants brought you one. And you Aww. were like, no, it's okay. I don't need coffee. And then you saw there was a coffee there. And oh, you were and like, I was overjoyed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's medicinal. Okay. It, it, yeah, it's medicinal. Seriously. Oh, no, so fun. Yeah. It's, so what are you drinking? Do you I, know? Got, you I think it's got some latte in it. Ooh, Whatever it is. Something creamy. Yeah, I'm so happy. Really, it's I'm the right so ratio. It's the, <laughs> yes, that's so key. All right, so you're like a cream and sugar person or just cream? Just cream. Okay, nice. Ooh, intense. I like that. Cool. So, Sister Bethany, what calls have you received from God in your life so far, and what did receiving those calls look and feel like? Yeah. If I think about the calls um, earlier on, it was, it was calls to... Um, be willing to speak up uh, for what was right. If I'm, if I think about earlier on, just and sometimes failing in that and being silent or, or uh, giving way. And I think as middle school, high school, I think those early calls were to to not do that. Um, and it, the Lord really blessed that by by bringing new friendships into my life, new um, opportunities, new groups, and I'm really grateful for that. And then. Through that, I guess through that, following those initial promptings, yeah, the call to uh, religious life. So being able to, while I was in late in high school and early in college, begin to have a relationship with Jesus that became more and more intimate so that I could really perceive his voice and what it sounded like, um, especially in, in a noisy world with a lot of competing voices. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. There was a story you shared in your talk this morning for your keynote about how you wanted to go home and your friends wanted to go to a party with a keg in high school. And you asked them to take you home and you said the tension, you could cut it with a knife. Yes. And when you got out, you said you had this moment of fortitude where you looked at them and you said, do I need to find a new group of friends? And they looked away from you. Yes. And I think that that rejection is so hard to even imagine facing. So many of us don't want to speak up for what's right. And I, in my own life, there have been moments where it's like, you could go either way, you could say something, maybe not. And it's so hard to go ahead and say the hard thing, or at least um, to just say like, this isn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was really hoping they would say, oh, we're sorry. No, you're our friend. Uh, yeah, the silence was was uh, very painful, but at the same time, it was a communication of so much more. You know that yes. this this isn't true, and uh, this isn't this isn't love at its core. You know, uh, yes. you know to be cared for that for the for one's good. What, what is the best and good? So I think yeah, it's an experience. We can fear rejection, but quite frankly, living in the mediocrity or living in the yeah, being used or using is is also painful in a different way because of its emptiness, yes. you know? And so yes. the Lord wants to free us from that so that we can live in authenticity and be authentic joy uh, yeah. can come forward from that. Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned, uh, this made me think of the times in my life when I have been brave and I've said no to something. And that creates a space in which the Lord can work. Like it opens up a space in your heart, whereas if you just keep saying yes to the mediocrity, 
you don't, there's no space for God to work in that. You're filling up your time and your heart and you're trying to give yourself a counterfeit. Yeah. Whereas, like you talked about, use the word counterfeit. I think that's yeah. such a great word. Um, and then God can work and fill you up with his own love in that emptiness. Exactly. And you mentioned um, that, how long was it? A couple weeks later when you got invited to a youth group? Yeah, yeah. weeks later. So yeah. a lot of uh, nights at home, nobody to call, <laughs> you know? Nowhere to be, and so yeah, not sure where to eat lunch uh, when you walk into the lunchroom. So that, yeah, that's it's purifying and fortifying, I would say too, because there are times where God asks something of us, and we really don't. You almost, as a teenager, especially, you don't think you're going to survive it. I mean, you're just really like, I don't yeah. know if I could. It's over. Live like this. This is the end of the world. Um, really, it, it was. A, it was definitely a beginning, and it, it like you're saying, Stacey, I became open to this new friendship that was offered to me. Yes. Uh, and the invitation that she shared to go to her youth group. Because otherwise you probably wouldn't have accepted no, it, right? Because you'd be like, oh, oh I got I friends, to do. I got my group. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's beautiful. And um, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about surrender. A lot of us don't even want to entertain the possibility of really fully giving our lives to God. Like really asking. And it feels like um, when we discern religious life, like that is full surrender, but marriage, we still get to keep something of ourselves. But marriage, either oh, no. way, <laughs> either way, it's surrender. You know, it's... Total um, surrender. Yes, yes. So what did that surrendering look like for you before yeah. you and like creating that space for God to work in? It looked like getting to know who God actually was. Mm. So I think the fear and surrender is I'm going to lose something. Something's going to be taken from me. Yes. Um, even, and it, it's embarrassing to say, but even like that God wants my misery, you know? Yes. He wants to, um, if he knew my truest desires, then he wouldn't let me have those. Mm. So for me, I feel like the Lord, every time I had a fear or a, you know, a, a tight clench on something that I needed to surrender, I felt like the Lord was loving me in that place of distrust mm. uh, that I didn't, I wasn't sure if he was good. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he had good things for me. I mean, we say it, but deep, deep down, it was like, I know what's best. I know it will make me happy. You're and like you speaking don't, my you know? brain aloud. Yes. I was like, and what if he sucks me into yeah, the coffin and I don't yeah. get to leave? And I, I lose something. Yes. I lose something critical. Meanwhile, when the Lord doesn't take anything away from us but our sin, our loneliness, mm. and quite frankly, when we're trying to be in control, the anxiety that that induces because I am never in control, he wants to be relieve me of that dependence actually frees me yes and when i can trust in the goodness of god and when i can know that not only is he good his his plans are good uh his his gaze towards me his words towards me his his providence it's good mm. yeah whatever he permits even even in the sorrows and difficulties of life uh he doesn't abandon us and and there's intimacy in those invitations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. What was the tipping point for you when, so you didn't grow up wanting to be a nun. No. No, you wanted children. Yes. But then you got to know God, you said, throughout your college career, right? Yes. And then what was sort of the tipping point when you were like, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to do this. Like, yeah. I'd, lo I, I'd love to hear more about your journey. Sure. Yeah. I, I was, I dated for a time and I really was drawn to the vocation of marriage and mm -hmm. discerned it. And there came a point where the Lord made it very clear that he wanted me to take, like, a break. 
uh, a pause to, for the sake of listening to him. Yeah. So he just removed all of my peace uh, from that time of dating. Oh, wow. And uh, like a rug under your feet, like literally. It, it, it was, there's nothing wrong, but the Lord removed my peace. And so uh, really beautiful to watch how he was guiding me through that and wanted me to be totally focused on him. So I did like a season of singleness, you know, where, yeah. where you're not looking or seeking um, or accepting if it's offered dates. Um, so I was single for a season. I decided to study abroad and it was during that time there was a kind of mishap with the program I was with, a uh, very secular liberal university, but they uh, had overbooked the dorms for the women and so they put us in a convent with religious sisters in Italy. Oh my and gosh, so, yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's a fun part of the story because I feel like he's so creative in getting yeah. our attention and it's so personal and like that, that was hilarious. I mean, I really, yes. I was like, wow, I'm in a convent, I have a 9 p.m. curfew, 30 minutes away from the men of the program, like, okay, <gasps> well, wow. what are you saying, Lord? You know, it's like he was playful actually with my fears. Mm -hmm. It's like I had fears of being lonely, of being missing out, of yes. not being loved. Yes. I mean, not yes. experiencing this love that the theology of the body love, you know, uh, the yes. free, total, faithful, fruitful. Yes. And uh, he reassured me over and over again uh, that he was going to fulfill all of the desires that I had, but he was going to do it in a way that I couldn't imagine or, or I couldn't perceive. Mm. So the tipping point for me after I had had that study abroad experience staying in a convent with religious sisters was that I knew at that point that Jesus knew me and he knew where I was and he knew what I was thinking and feeling and wanted to receive that from me and he had something to give me if I was willing to open myself to receive from him. So. Beautiful. Yeah. So did you know about the Sisters of Life before that? Did you discern with multiple orders? I I did. I discerned with a few orders, a few communities. It's I looked at like what, where my heart was and what I loved and looked at different charisms and thought what would be a good fit. I had met the sisters in college. I didn't didn't speak to them. I had seen them at a around the March for Life. So it was kind of like one of those moments of, hey, we need more people like you. Yeah. Uh, but I had a really profound experience in my time in college where a friend living really radically her conversion and her Marian consecration, she she prayed outside of abortion clinics on Saturdays. And that was frightening for me. And I thought we were going to get arrested. And, yeah. But when I realized it was just about the rosary, I started going with her. And okay. it was at that point that abortion yeah, became more than just a political issue or a debate topic or a sin. It was... Um, it had, abortion had a face and it was the girls in my class and wow. I really can the tipping point would be the the time where Jesus won my heart to know that his love was total and full and pure and he would be my spouse uh, but also this experience where I knew even praying outside of the abortion clinic it would never be enough uh, I couldn't love these women enough I couldn't give myself to to them and to their children enough um there's something more and so when I met the Sister Life and I heard about their charism to lay down your life so that others can live you know yes. to protect and enhance the sacredness of human life to proclaim that life is good and beautiful and eternal and whatever suffering we endure is not the last word God is a redeemer yes he's merciful he heals 
that each person is unique and unrepeatable, irreplaceable. Uh, I wanted that to be my heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you point to a beautiful reality, which is that you're, God's not punishing you by putting you in a convent because there's such an association with restriction and poverty because yes. you take a vow of poverty. Yes. But there's such a, an association with like, oh, well, only if I can't find a man will I go to the convent. Oh, like a, as it's a, a, yeah. yeah, plan B. Yes, 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 yes as yes. opposed to, no, I, I want this more than marriage to any yes. man. Oh, there should be, if someone is called to religious life, the desire for it will increase. The Lord yes. will give the desire and it will increase. At some point, I mean, desire for marriage and for motherhood is healthy and natural. And so if someone doesn't have that desire, um, as a vocation director, I encourage them to look at that first. Wow. Just okay. to say, like, Lord, I, like, if that desire has been muted or stuffed or wounded in some way, wounded in some way, Lord, pour your love there and heal that because every woman is called to be a bride. Everyone is called to be a mother. And yes. that's going to find a different expression according to God's call mm-hmm. for each. But I would say that women discerning religious life are drawn to marriage, are drawn to, to be mothers of their own children. And then God gives a new desire, and that desire begins to increase, and it can be disconcerting because both desires sometimes are pre- you know present simultaneously. So you feel a little yes. crazy. Yes. You're like, I can't have both vocations. I realize that one is bivocational. One or the other. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be bivocational because when I was 12, I was like, I want to be a nun, just like Saint Therese. But yeah. then I would always talk about like the nine children I was going to have right. at the same time. Right. Right. And then I wanted to be on Broadway. So I'm like, I want to do. It's very all hard to do all these. Yeah. How do I do it all? That's great. But God God fulfills yes. all of those desires, yes. you know. And you know, it's interesting. It was like in my discernment, um, I had to get to the point where I surrendered to God. Felt, like you said, got to know His heart yes. in a really. And you look up and see my sign. Like there's the Sacred Heart. Yes. That's like the heart of my ministry right there. Because yes. I had a very intimate, beautiful prayer experience of Christ giving me His heart. Oh, beautiful! Like in a totally person-to-person way. Like just clear as day and it's like that that was the it was getting to that point that he wanted to bring me to the convent for to bring out into my life and into my marriage and even though I wasn't ultimately called I would have felt very happy being a nun and I had to get to that point where it's like Lord if you want me I am so happy yes before before I could really meet my husband and and it's not like we all have to get to that point before we get married you know what I mean I think it's something to really strive for and give the Lord that space in your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, what you said before was so good, too, about how we're all called to be mothers. We're all called to be spiritual mothers, if not physical mothers. I was just talking to a, a lovely young lady last night who was like, oh, physical touch is my is my first love language. Like, I just really, like, I feel like that's why I'm called to marriage. And I was like, well, and I thought about you. I was like, I'm interviewing Sister Bethany. Got to ask her about this tomorrow. I guess at the end of the day, if you were to say, if God... God is inviting someone to something, He provides for it. So both vocations require a grace. Mm-hmm. So if someone is called to religious life, that requires grace to respond to because it isn't natural. So it's not natural to forego marriage. It's not natural to forego your own children. Um, it's not natural. It's supernatural. And so God is going to have to provide for that place. So her fear of not experiencing physical touch um, it is different as a consecrated soul, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I do, I do, um, I am sacrificing an earthly spouse and the intimacy that's there. 
but I'm receiving something from the Lord that is a love beyond you know, beyond all telling. I mean, it's yes. just so far beyond. And it's what we're all made to. And so that's yeah. why we're all made for that. That's why religious life is not a sacrament. It is already, sacraments will pass away in heaven. Sacraments are signs to give grace here on earth. Religious life is actually an anticipation of heaven by participation. So we're actually already beginning what we will all be in heaven. Yeah. So this union with Jesus. Yes. So it is spousal, so that's not rejected, but she's right that the physical, the physical touch and intimacy is something that is sacrificed. And I think, too, to recognize God calls us to make sacrifices and they're worth it, you know, yes. and he gives us the grace to do that. So, But if someone was getting married, you would never be like, wow, you're sacrificing dating every other man. Because now you're marrying this man. And it's like, wow, yes. like that's not on the, a bride's mind on her way to her no. spouse. She's not no. like, gosh, now I can't date anyone else. Right. Her eyes are on her husband. And it's yes. so beautiful. So yes. I guess that's what I would say. So for yeah. us, even with physical touch, like, yeah, we do. We love the women that we serve as our own, our own family. Like, the the it's such a treasured gift. Um, and it's funny. Yes, we do help hold the babies but really we, we hold the mothers because they're mm -hmm. the ones entrusted with these children so mm -hmm. there is a beautiful gift in being able to show affection mm -hmm. uh, in so many ways but in a very human way uh, yeah. that's pure yeah yeah I love that. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more? Oh, sorry. Huh. So uh, I, we're sitting here live for those who can't see what just happened. And I just upset our table. This is a little rickety table that my husband uses for painting because he's an artist. Um, so can you tell me more about the charism of the Sisters of Life? Like it's woven into a lot of what you've already said, but you have a home for mothers who are pregnant, who are in crisis pregnancies and can, are scared of being able to provide for their own children but want to. Um, and then I know you have other ministries as well, like retreats and stuff. Can you just talk about your charism and how that's sure. expressed in your life? The charism is to protect and enhance the sacredness of human life. So it actually is a fourth vow we take. So poverty, okay. chastity, obedience, and then as sister's life, we take a fourth. And that finds its expression, uh, first of all, in our contemplative life. So we're contemplative active, and so we spend half of our day in silence and prayer, the other half in the apostolate. So Basically, everything flows from that union with Jesus and that communion. So yeah. the image is Our Lady, um, after she conceived Jesus beneath her, her heart, within her womb, she went out and met her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant, and Elizabeth leaped with joy, you know? Yes. And so, so did Christ. Our, our John the Baptist leapt at the presence of Christ. Yes. <laughs> And that's the image that we would conceive Christ beneath our hearts, uh, within our wombs, you know, and wow. bear him in imitation of Our Lady to those who are pregnant, um, that they would leap with joy and the infants in their womb would know Christ has come to them. So we have an, a mission for those who are vulnerable, uh, so they're experiencing an unexpected pregnancy or they feel themselves to be in crisis or they're being pressured or tempted to abortion. We serve women in uh, Philadelphia, Toronto, and New York, uh, all over the nation, but specifically the convents are there. We have a convent in Manhattan where we invite pregnant women to live with us through their pregnancy and then for about six to eight months after the baby's born. Beautiful. So precious. Mm. Beautiful time of family, yes. actually. And really. they need that. Yeah. The, I, when I was pregnant, I have never been so vulnerable in my life. Yeah. I mean, first of all, hormones, but yes. then also, like, physically, you just can't. Yes. And emotionally, you're so in need of somebody to just be like, I'm, I'll take care of you. Yeah. It's yes. beautiful I, to be united in that way and to, yes. and to really... 
Yeah, to be a mother to mothers is really what the what the desire is. Yes. And we have a retreat center where we host retreats every weekend so that men, women, young adults, can young women can experience new life in Christ. So that time where it's really set aside. Jesus yes. said, come aside and rest a while. And he has something to say to our hearts. And so just to be restored, to be able to live faithfully in the world wherever he's called us. Yeah. Uh, we have any for, for just any, like, I could go? Yes. And, oh, so, that's yeah. cool. Retreats all year. Okay, good yeah. to know. Yeah. They're on our website, sistersoflife.org. There, okay. you can sign up. Perfect. We have a mission uh, on college campuses, actually, oh. out in Denver and now in North Dakota, where our sisters walk with young women on college campuses doing what we call spiritual accompaniment. So, um, meeting with them, walking with them, encouraging them, and they're just their feminine gift, their feminine heart. Beautiful. Um, healing. Yeah. Yeah. We also have a hope and healing mission for those suffering after abortion. So, yeah, abortion is is a, a deep wound and it really creates real shame and sorrow yes. and regret. And so the, for the women who come to us, I mean, it could be two weeks after their abortion and it could be 60 years. I mean, it's, mm. it's amazing how... Jesus is such a good shepherd. He knows where the lambs are, and he goes after them. And so we have we have women come to us, um, aren't even believers, aren't even Christ, or Christian, aren't even Catholic, you know. So, yeah. But they're so drawn just to, to know, is it possible? And the reality is, Jesus' is divine mercy, it's like he's got this ocean of divine mercy he wants to pour out on us. Yes. Torrent. It's like, yes. Causing him, you know. Yes. pain being bottled up in him he wants to pour it out on them and we just watch the resurrection is what it feels like mm. women who have really condemned themselves to death mm. be raised to life again it's beautiful yes you know what was so wonderful this morning was to see you speaking in there was a spotlight directly on you and everything on your face just expressed joy and hope and I was like this is what she is living in like when you you don't have to be a sister of life to have it but just through your ministry and the way that you live, it's like the clear, it just cut through all the noise and the clarity and your vulnerability on stage. It was like we could just see your heart and it was just shining out to everyone. And it was like, just, I mean, I cried about 10 times. <laughs> I speak on self-image and self-worth. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, so my talk yesterday was all about that. And I just felt like you were like driving that nail, like hammering that nail home with your talk this morning of what I talked about yesterday. But that vulnerability and just that clarity of perception, like you said, that ocean of mercy. Yeah. And I thought, you know, just not even what you said was incredible, but also just by the way you were. There's something about the Sisters of Life that all have that present. I know that there is a new springtime in religious life. Yes. So there are, yeah, there are several communities that are that are growing. I would say women who are discerning religious life are looking for a community that uh, loves and adores Jesus in the Eucharist mm. and mm -hmm. finds him there, consoles him there. I think they're looking for communities that love Our Lady and imitate her and desire to echo that fiat, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and entrust themselves to her motherhood, yeah. uh, her protection. I think they're looking for uh, a sign, of to be a sign of uh, contradiction and also to be a public witness, yes. to be uh, yeah, someone who can witness to the church. Yeah. We're in a time of healing right now. We're, we're obviously in a time of purgation in the church, but yes. to be healers, to be lovers, to be mothers, to be to be approachable, to apologize, to um, 
to repent, to pray for, for mercy and for, uh, yeah, restoration. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. it's, the women who are coming forward discerning are, are beautiful mm -hmm. and they say long to uh, live fully and wholly, yeah, for Jesus. And yeah. they also see for our community specifically just the irreverence for life uh, at every stage, really. Uh, yeah. It's not specifically, it begins with the, the vulnerable unborn truly, but I think it's very evident. The questions about identity, the questions about um, gender, the questions about um, sexuality, the questions about, um, yeah, what, what the church believes and teaches. Yes. It's, now's the time to be able to proclaim the truth and the beauty and the goodness yes. uh, of our faith. So, yeah, yeah. I, th yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, okay, so I don't know if you know this about me, but I was on a reality TV show about discernment. <laughs> so I was on the Sisterhood Becoming Nuns. Oh yes, on Lifetime. I hearing yes, that. Oh, I look Katie. different now. My my <laughs> face got a lot thinner since I had children. But but as a like I would add to to what you said. I know it maybe sounds superficial, but I think orders that wear the habit are particularly uh, growing because they're like you said to be that sign of contradiction. That sort of that strong voice in the world of truth to proclaim it. Um, and I certainly noticed when I was discerning, like I was I was only drawn to orders that wore habits myself. And I think um, a lot of my friends who were discerning, same thing. It was, it was uh, a lot of us were drawn. And not to say that orders that don't wear habits don't have good, no. you know, no. they're beautiful too. It's also the find. sign value. So any when I'm walking in the streets of Manhattan, I people are like, sister. Yo, wow. sis! You know, so it's like, I mean, literally, it's You're like, everybody's sister. But they, it's, it's a sign um, yeah. of the church. It's also a sign for those who are not Catholic of mm. God, someone who knows God, someone who can pray with me, someone mm. who's available. There's this yeah. interesting experience of, you're mine. Yeah. And I think I'm yours. You know, it's this beautiful yeah. moment of watching, like, wow. uh, others realize you're for me and the way that you're communicating that to me is this this bridle you know spousal yes. yeah um, also it's a sign of poverty like just yeah. to be able to recognize like in the world like I live in I, I, like I said I live in New York and yeah just the fact that what what are the priorities like money and jobs and, and clothing and externals you know yes. and the reality is it doesn't satisfy. It's important. It doesn't satisfy the deepest places. Yeah. And, and it's good to yeah. be reminded that for as good as these things are, I don't want to put everything in them. My, my whole joy and happiness. Right. And yeah, because I lived in New York City for several years. Yeah. And I, I went there searching. And a lot of people in New York are searching. Yeah. In a particular way that... Um, a lot of people move there in order yeah. to find themselves yeah. and find their follow their dreams yes. and so forth. And so I think that's actually yeah. one of the best places I can think of to witness yeah. just because there's a lot of people who may be at that point of disillusionment where they're realizing this isn't what I'm called to. Do you get people coming up to you and like talk, just wanting to pour out their hearts? Oh, it's amazing. Wow. I, it's beautiful. Our sisters are in D.C. Our sisters are in Philadelphia, Toronto, yes. Denver. Wherever we are, the conversations with people who have questions, who have hurts, who have prayer intentions. I love airplanes. I love <laughs> the moment when you're walking down the aisle looking for your seat and the person sitting next to you is like, no, 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 no. You're like, oh, could you move over? I'm right there. It's so beautiful. That's hilarious. Or some people are like, I cannot believe this is happening to me. I have, you know, I, I, 
I have, I have so many things to say, you know, and so you could talk for hours. It's yes. so beautiful. Yes, absolutely. And there's yeah. there's a beauty, I think, in like being a Catholic who doesn't wear a habit because you can kind of be an incognito Totally, witness. they don't see it coming on. Yes, yeah. but then I think also we so need that presence of just the habit. It's like, yes. I'm available. Yes. And I, is that hard for you sometimes where like you don't want to feel like shop's open, like you just want to keep to yourself? <laughs> If you're in public, you really need to be aware of yeah, how aware you're coming across. How, yeah, yeah. Well, and also open, open to receive. So there are times where you actually have to do something. And I think about Jesus when he said to the apostles, greet no one along the way. I always <laughs> thought that was kind of harsh because it was like, wow, like just get there. Ugh. But there are times where I can get distracted from my mission. So if I need, like, let's say I'm with a pregnant woman. We're on our way to a doctor's appointment and someone's like, sister, can I talk to you for a moment? Quite frankly, it's not the time. I, I My mission right now is to yes. her and to be present to her and to walk with her. So there are times where the Lord blesses it. And I'm like, here's my phone number. <laughs> Let's catch up later. Yeah. Or here's a yeah. holy card. Here's, you know, yeah. Yes. Here's a way to reach me. Yes. But yeah, there are times where you have to recognize I God is asking something else of me and this is a distraction or this might be, yeah, this yeah. might not be what his will is for me in this moment. Yeah, yeah, that's cool though. But typically, you want to be open to life. Yeah. Yes, open to life. <laughs> open to life always. You always want to be open yeah. to life. So. Open to the person walking down this the street. New life. Yes. What a beautiful. What a beautiful. Wow. What a beautiful expansion of what yeah. we typically think of when we think of sisters of yes. life. Yes. yes. Wow. Um, okay. So switching gears a little bit. I loved in one of your talks I was listening to. Um, you said we're all addicts to something. This is humbling. We're all addicts to control, success pleasure, wealth, entertainment, maybe for me, coffee. You know, I started the called and caffeinated podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is cup number three today. So what? What? It's humbling to. to oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm not judging you. No. <laughs> no. It's. I admit it. I surrender. No. Uh, but this, the recovery process you were talking yes. about was like Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. We all, all have to acknowledge that we're addicted to something, and then we have to surrender it and go through that 12-step process, basically, which is like. Um, not just for Alcoholics Anonymous it's starting with the recognition that there is a God and he's not you and that he's in control and you're not in control so I mean that that was so humbling for me to hear because I was like I like to think that I'm actually like like I'm really yeah like oh well I'm not like that person over there so I'm a step better that would definitely come in in prayer and that would come up in an examination of conscience obviously of like Mm -hmm. are there things that I'm attached to Often what distracts me in my prayers I'm just attached to. So, um, oh. yeah, the Catechism talks about distractions as indi- indicators of something I'm really attached to. Yes. Here I am wanting to think about Jesus, wanting to give my love to him and my life to him, but I'm I'm somewhere else and I'm, I'm worried yes. about something or I'm concerned about something or I'm obsessed with something or I'm, I feel a need for something or I have a, maybe an irrational fear of losing something, you know? Mm. So... I really do think the Holy Spirit is so faithful. Mm. Praying to the Holy Spirit is so simple and so fruitful. So it's like, come Holy Spirit, like be a light for me, like light it up, light up what is in my life that holds me back from, yeah, holds me back from generosity, holds me back from courage, holds me back from Mm -hmm. love and the demands that love makes on me, you know? So what holds me back? And so even if it's like, you know, there's so many, I can find comfort in food. I can find comfort in shopping. I can find comfort in um, maybe needing someone in a way that is possessive versus 
versus uh, acknowledging the gift that they are and uh, yes. not with being free of any manipulation of them, you know? So there are different different things that come, come forward and surface. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I do want to acknowledge the gift that whatever it is, is, but then ask that it be, yeah, rightly order my love, Jesus. You yes. know, let temper me, like, pace my steps. Should, like, let me, yeah. Beautiful. Everything should be ordered to, to, like, how does this lead me closer to Jesus, you know? Mm. And so it's... And if you're like me and you're feeling, like, a moment of just, like, painful honesty of, like, oh, this is going to hurt yeah. to cross X or Y out of my life, whatever that is, like, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Like, let it, like we said at the beginning, living in mediocrity or just avoiding the question is just not going to create that space for God to fill. And yeah. it doesn't actually make us happy. It's like a mirage or an illusion. Yes. So this thing that I'm substituting for God, it becomes an idol, you know, and mm -hmm. it doesn't satisfy. And that creates intense frustration because yes. I want it to. Yes. And I'm trying to make it be something it cannot be. Uh, like mm -hmm. only God satisfies. And so... I think, too, there, there's that beautiful moment that you're describing where I realize something has to change. And I can't do it by myself. And I think yes. that's the, the beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon and all of the programs that allow us to say, my life is out of control and, so, and, I, and yes. I need God. Yeah, and strengthening yeah. yourself with confession. I yes. feel that grace yes. very, I just feel it so much. And, um, and I know there's a lot of people who've had bad experiences with confession. I actually had a terrible experience in confession a month so ago. Sorry. Thank you. It turns out, and this is why like, it's been very easy to forgive in hindsight and yeah. let go of because it turns out that the priest I went to is I think on the autism spectrum or some, which you would never know from his preaching wow. and his, you know, when he says mass, but there was some sort of relating problem that he had. And, and so he ended up telling me a lot, you know, basically I'm a terrible person and that like, that feeling frustration of my children or whatever is, you know, it was oh, hard. But I'm and I, I posted it on social media and only because I wanted to say, I'm coming back still. Yes. I had this experience. Yes. Don't, I'm not leaving, I'm coming back. Yes. And I went, to, that was about a month ago, and I went to confession again um, last week. And the grace, I feel like, was doubly present. Ooh, so it was like, you. you know, some of the Beautiful. things I confessed, I'm like, I haven't been tempted by that yeah. at all yeah. since. Like, it doesn't bother me. And of course, you know, you need to keep going back. Like, you're going to yes. fall again. It's, it's always a constant renewal. But that grace of the confession is it's real and it's powerful and it's strong and even if you have a bad experience don't let that one experience stop you and I, I did if anyone here has you know listening has had a bad experience I wrote to the pastor he was very kind and receptive he explained it and he also said I'm going to take this into the continuing formation for this priest so I felt heard I felt yes. validated and you know and it was it was received very very kindly and very well Beautiful. so it's all healed you know it's all it's all possible for um, what am I trying to say it, it, you can heal it all. God can yes. heal it all. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful, absolutely. Stacey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to let you go because I want to respect your yeah. time, but I feel like we could talk for hours. Oh, I'm grateful for this. Yes, Thank me you. too. Thank yeah. you for our, the beautiful work you do and the, the light that you're shining to so many young people. I see your booth over there and it's being mobbed. <laughs> Everybody wants to talk Holy to the cards. sisters of Swipe. life. Yeah. All as well. It's so good. Yes. So God yeah. bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey. God bless you. Mm -hmm. 
I so appreciate you listening to this episode. I appreciate everyone who reaches out to me with questions. I love, love, love reading all of the iTunes reviews and ratings that you guys are leaving. Thank you. Thank you. If you have not yet had the opportunity, please leave me an iTunes rating and review. It really does help the show get seen by more eyes. Thank you for being here. You are appreciated. You are loved by God. And I hope that you will stay caffeinated, my friends, because you are called to greatness. May God bless you. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Called and Caffeinated featuring Paul J. Kim. God bless.